If I would have a thought for this morning, my thought would simply be, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. Text this morning is coming from the book of Colossians. Penned by one of the greatest apostles, in my opinion, to ever live, a young man by the name of the Apostle Paul. Many theologians seem to believe that Paul penned this letter during his first imprisonment. We find that throughout the writings of the New Testament that the Apostle Paul did a lot of his writing behind bars. He did a lot of his writing while being incarcerated for standing for the truth. It has always been my belief that as a Christian that it does not matter what we go through, that if we would trust in Jesus, God can still allow you to be effective even with the hell that's in your life. But so many times we as Christians, we become so focused on the storm and what we are going through, we would not allow God to use us to bless and to encourage others. But if the Apostle Paul can pick up his pen while in prison and write letters to encourage people, then most assuredly I can encourage somebody when my money ain't right. Most assuredly I can encourage somebody when I'm not feeling my best, when things are not right at the house or right on the job. God can still use me. It would be this Apostle Paul that would pick up his pen and begin to write back to the church that was in Colossia, the Colossians church. And theologians seem to suggest that Paul was writing back to the Colossians church because he needed to defend the gospel. There was many false teachings that were going along and they were coming up against the supremacy of Jesus Christ. It is here that we find that in this first chapter, as you key in on verses 15 through 18, the Apostle Paul would let us know that Jesus Christ was the image of the invisible God. In other words, if God was to look himself in the mirror, Jesus would be the image that you would see. I love to stop here in the book of Colossians as it deals with Jesus Christ being the image of the invisible God because according to the book of Genesis chapter 1 around verse 26, the Bible says that God made man in his own image. But the book of Colossians says that Jesus Christ was the image of God. So in the book of Genesis, that lets me know that man that was created was really created in the image of Christ. I like to say it like this, that Adam wasn't nothing but a carbon copy. You go down through the Old Testament and you find the greatest prophets that ever lived. You find the Moseses and the Elijahs and the Jeremiahs of life. They were all good men. They were all good prophets, but at the end of the day, they were none but carbon copies. And I like to believe in my sanctified imagination after God tried it with Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel, after he tried enough carbon copies, he said, well, I guess I better send the original. You find in Matthew chapter 1, you find a virgin by the name of Mary giving birth to the original copy by the name of Jesus. It will be Paul that will go through great limbs to show the supremacy of Christ. Let's us know that there was anything made without him. Things that are visible, things that are invisible. According to the writings of John in John chapter 1, it says that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He deals with the supremacy of Christ. May I submit to you that the day we live in, you hear a lot of different things of opinions of what people have to say about Jesus. 
But may I remind you that according to the word of God, that Jesus Christ was more than just a mere man. He was more than just a great speaker. He was more than just a great orator. He was more than just a great prophet. But he was the only begotten son of God. He was here before he was here. According to Luke chapter 10, you'd find that as Jesus would begin to address his disciples, he says that I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. The only way you can see the devil kicked out of heaven, baby, you had to be there. He was letting them know that I didn't just get here when Mary had me, but I always been here. It would be this same Jesus according to John chapter 8 when the Jews were coming up against him and he would tell them, he said, listen, before Abraham was, he said, I am. He tells them Abraham was the father of faith. And they say, wait a minute, how can you be before Abraham and you're just 30 years old? He said, before Abraham was, he said, I am. The only other person in the Bible that would ever address themselves as I am is God. And you got to go back to Exodus to find that Jesus lets us know that he was here before he was here it was Jesus it lets us know according to John chapter 15 he says father I need you to glorify me once like the glory that we had from the beginning in Matthew chapter 28 around verse 29 when he would come up against the devil by the name of legion the devil would respond to Jesus and say have you come to torment us before time even the enemy could recognize Jesus he he'd been here tell somebody don't get it twisted don't get it confused he is the only begotten son of God you want to know where you stand as it pertains to other religions let's throw out that name Jesus I said this before and I'll say it again folk don't mind you saying God you can say God all day long because many folk got a different idea of what God is but if you want to find out where you stand just throw the name Jesus out there and say I believe that Jesus is Lord of Lord and Kings of King you're going to find out that that name still has power that's why they don't want the kids to pray in that name the enemy don't want you to use that name according to the book of Acts when they caught Peter them they say listen you can preach but just don't use that name the minute you stop using the name baby you done lost something tell your neighbor you can't get so sophisticated I don't care how advanced the church will get we must stay on the name there are some seasons in your life you don't even know how to pray there are some seasons in your life you don't even know what to ask God for there are some seasons in your life you got to know how to fall on your knees and just say Jesus I, I need you Jesus I don't know how I'm going to make it Jesus I need you to be my strength Jesus I need you to pick me up Jesus I need you tell your neighbor just use the name when the last time you just use the name Jesus I am convinced that Christianity is the right way not only because of what I've been taught but because of my personal experience not because of what's written in the Bible only but because God has done something in my life because I have personal experience, it has produced a personal conviction. Tell your neighbor, it must be personal. Because when it's personal and I know that God has done something for me, it doesn't matter how educated somebody is. It doesn't matter how you can go draw information from here and there. You can talk all day till you blew in the face. I know Jesus changed me. I Y'all pray for me here because I ain't trying to testify for the whole church. I'm just trying to testify for me. I love your neighbor, but there's a season in your life. You got to have conviction that Jesus is the only 
way. Why? You convince young preacher that Jesus is the way and that Christianity is the way because every other religion that you can find, when you find their founders, you can still find their graves with their tomb, with their body still in the grave. And according to my Bible, when you go to the tomb of Jesus, you ought to tell somebody the tomb is there, but he ain't there. You won't find a body and you can't find his bones because the one that we serve, somebody shout, he got up, he got up, he got up. Uh, you ought to tell him sometime when somebody talking to you from another religion, you ought to tell them, you can find your founder, but I can't find mine because mine has risen from the dead. Somebody, somebody shout here. We got all kind of religions. We got, we got the Muslim religion that will tell some people, some sectors, even of the Muslim religion, that they would have to strap bombs to their body and they got to blow themselves up for their God. I don't know about you. I couldn't be a part of that. No way. I can't talk to everybody. I'm just talking to one or two of y'all. I ain't going to do no harm to myself. I wouldn't want to be a part of something where I got to kill myself for my Savior. I'd rather be a part of something where my Savior will allow himself to die for me. Is there somebody here to say, baby, I want that Christianity thing because in Christianity, our God dies for us. Is there? Y'all yo, have your seats here. I wanted to come to the book of Colossians to deal with some stuff. Y'all don't mind me dealing with a few things, do you? I've come to the place that I believe that in the church world today that people have become accustomed to jumping sermons. We've gotten to the place where people desire to come to church and they, they want a hallelujah without a holy lifestyle. They want the glamour without the life that brings God's glory. We've entered into a day of time where people come to church and they desire to be petted instead of pushed. They want to be confident instead of challenged. We, we, we've come to the day and time where people come to church and they want to be sympathized with. They want sympathy when the reality is you need a dose of reality. Tell your neighbor there are seasons in your life you don't need sympathy. You need a reality check. There are seasons in your life you don't need somebody to pet you. You need somebody to push you into your... I dare you just to push your neighbor and say, baby, I'm trying to push you into your next level. I'm trying to push you into your next season. Don't pet me today. I need somebody to push me out of this valley. Push me out of this dungeon. Push Push me out of this fire. Push me out of this depression. Push me. Somebody shout, push me, push me, push me. But I find something interesting in the book of Colossians. The Colossian writer says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered us. He has, he has saved us from the dominance of sin. He has saved us from the power and the domination of the sin that we could not help but do. He says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness, which simply means that God has rescued us. This ain't for everybody, but this is for somebody. Have you ever been rescued? Some of you got saved, and when you got saved, God allowed a few years to go past, and you look back at somebody that was doing what you was doing, and they ain't changed. You say, Lord, that could have been me, but you, but you rescued me. You, you took the scales off of my eyes. I, I used to be drunk just like that. I used to party just like that. I used to sleep around just like that. And when you look back, you say, man, that's how I used to be. But I thank God that he can rescue. Anybody ever been rescued? He says that I have delivered you. Now, don't get it twisted. Delivering is a part of God's nature. 
We deal with the delivery and deliverance from sin. But according to the Bible, it says that when he brought the Jews out from Egypt, he says, I brought you out on eagle's wings. <laughs> well, I just want to encourage somebody here today that God is still a deliverer. I don't know what you're facing in your life. I don't know where you are, but let me encourage you that he still knows how to deliver. Touch your neighbor and say, God knows how to deliver. God, he's a funny kind of God. He has a, a method of operation. He has a way that he does things. And I don't know why he do it like he do it. I just know that sometimes he does it. What do you mean, young Jones? What are you trying to tell me here? That there are some seasons in your life that God will leave you in the fire longer than you think you should be there. How, how do you know it? Have you ever been to a place in your life you say, man, I should have came out six months ago. Why am I still here? God is the kind of God that will tell his disciples, we're going to wait before we go and see Lazarus. You know the truth of the teaching. They come to tell Jesus that, listen, your friend Lazarus is sick and he's about to die and Jesus don't even get in a rush. He takes his time and he on purpose waits for Lazarus to die. Could it be that God is on purpose waiting for something to die in your life so he can bring it y'all they're gonna talk y'all don't want no resurrection in here you ought to tell your neighbor god is trying to give you a bigger blessing a bigger miracle a bigger breakthrough so sometimes he'll wait on purpose what happens when god waits on purpose he strategically waits but at the end of the day he still delivers. y'all have your seats here remember in john chapter six five thousand hungry folk and he turns to Philip in that verse 5 and he talks to Philip and he says, listen, man, what are we going to do, Philip, to feed? How much money we have? But the Bible says it like this. It says that he himself, he already knew what he was going to do. <sighs> Y'all pray for me here. He, he wasn't trying to figure it out. He already had it worked out. Say, neighbor, God already... He got it figured out. Don't, don't worry about it. He got it. He got it worked out. What do you mean? Young preacher, the Bible says for he himself, he already knew what he was going to do, but he was testing Philip. He already knew that he was going to bring him out. He was just testing Philip. Could it be that God is just testing you in this season, but he already knows what he's going to do? May I submit to you that God knew what he was going to do and he knew it so much. Jesus knew it so much until I believe he knew the little lad was going to be there with the lunch before the little lad did. Y'all ain't gonna talk back to me in here. I believe he already knew that the little lad was gonna be in place. So he told Philip, I already got the work that you don't see it, but it's a little lad in the crowd. You don't see it, but there's a breakthrough in your crowd. You don't see it. There's a breakthrough in your future. You don't see it. There's a way made, but there is no way in your future. Tell your neighbor, God got me. He got me. He, he's a deliverer. That's just simply what he does. He, he's an expert at delivering. He is a professional at delivering you. He is a specialist. You know, sometimes you need a specialist for certain situations but God is a specialist when it comes to bringing you out tell somebody he got you covered there's some seasons y'all y'all pray for me here y'all don't mind me taking my time there's sometimes your deliverance is in your mouth y'all don't mind me talking here just for a minute do you Tell your neighbor, it's in your mouth. It's, it's, in, it's in your mouth. You remember a man by the name of Blind Bartimaeus? Jesus is passing by, and he just begins to give him praise. He begins to say, thou Jesus, thou son of David, his deliverance was in his 
mouth. His deliverance was in his mouth. Don't miss this. His deliverance was in his praise, but his praise was in his mouth. There are sometimes, there are some of you, you're in such a bad place in your life, you should be praising. I can't talk. What in the world? You see, some of y'all are so locked up, so tied up. You got so much trouble in your life. You ought to beat the preacher praising. Preacher, stand up. I got to give him some praise because my deliverance is in my mouth. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, shut up and keep talking. I, I need you to keep it in your mouth. Your deliverance is in your sin. It's in my mouth. It's in my mouth. Shut up and keep talking. I feel. There. Y'all have your seats here. There. There. There are some seasons that it's in your mouth, but sometimes it's not just praise. Sometimes it's in your mouth and the power is in your ability to give God thanks. Don't miss this. That was a man by the name of Jonah. Jonah's in the belly of a whale. The Bible said that Jonah gave the sacrifice of thanksgiving. His ability to give God thanks in the bottom of a belly's whale causes deliverance to come forth. And so I must know as a believer that sometimes the deliverance is in my mouth. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's in your mouth. What are you confessing? What are you saying? Anytime you talk about your problem more than you praise, I'm going to leave that right there. Anytime you got five girlfriends and you done told four of them about your problem, y'all ain't going to talk back to me. You know, sometimes you just get accustomed to telling people what you're going through. So everybody you talk to, you telling them about, God say, when you going to shut up and give me praise? I can't. I'm just... I'm just trying to find somebody to know that it's in your mouth. He said that if you would say to this mountain and will not doubt in your heart and speak to the mountain and tell the mountain to be removed, he said you can have what you say because it's in your mouth. I feel like preaching in here. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, closed mouths don't get fed. You got to open up your So, it's going to get a little touchy here. Tell your neighbor it's going to get a little touchy. He says he has delivered us from the power of darkness. And then he says that he has translated us. He snatched us. He has translated us. Simply means that when a person gets saved, physically their body is still there. But spiritually they have been translated from one kingdom to the next. There has been a translation. What I find interesting is that in today's church is that it's not a problem with the translation. Folk get translated all the time. The problem is transformation. I don't remember talking here just for a minute, do you? I might not get many amens on this, but I feel like talking while I'm here. All right, bite my fingernails because I'm a little nervous. I don't know how this is going to go over, okay? But I'm going to say it anyway, okay? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to do it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to do it. Say, neighbor, you must allow your mind to be transformed. Some of us have been translated, but the mind hasn't been transformed. We got so many folk going to church that have been translated, but if the mind is not transformed, we find ourselves living in defeat because there has not been a transformation in my 
mind tell your neighbor don't be no transformer don't don't be no transformer you ain't got to be Optimus Prime or Megatron you ain't got to be Bumblebee or none of them you know transformers you know what transformers do they transform into whatever's convenient if it's convenient for them to roll they transform into a, a, a car but if it's convenient for them to walk then they transform into something else there are sometimes we got a church full of transformers he say be transformed don't be no transformer some of us are transforming just when it's convenient don't don't, don't transform because it's convenient. Some of us change by who we're around and who you're talking to. Baby, I didn't even know that was you. Stop transforming all the time. Tell your neighbor, be yourself. Keep it 100. If you're going to do something, be you. Stop transforming all the time. Some of our marriages will be better if folks stop transforming on us. I can't talk. I ain't going to stay there. I'm going to leave that alone. You ever been married to... St- ah, get out of here. So... We understand that there must be transformation. Don't miss this. If a man goes to prison for 20 years and he's released, when he's released, he's, he's translated from the prison to a free state. Now his body is free, but his mind's still in prison. So there has to be a trend. If he's going to keep himself out of prison, there must, there must not only be a translation of being free, but there must be a transformation in his mind. I say, neighbor, why you keep going back to that spiritual prison that God done set you free from? There must be transformation. We find that transformation costs you something. To be translated is free. Transformation is pain. Y'all don't mind me talking about pain, do you? Because when, when you're being transformed into what God has called you to be, he don't agree with you. God don't agree sometimes with our character. There are some things about our life that God doesn't agree with. And so in the mission of the transformation, sometimes there is pain because I can't do what I want to do, yo. Somebody, somebody shout, you still cussing folk out because you don't want to be transformed. You still losing your temper going off on folk because you don't want to be transformed. I found out that folk are shout but don't want to be transformed. When I'm transformed, I can't do it my way. When I'm transformed, I got to submit to the word. When I'm transformed, I got to forgive when I don't like you. When I'm transformed, I got to love you in spite of. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me in here. I'm talking about when I'm transformed. Neighbor, do you want to be transformed? We got enough translated folk trying to find those that want to be transformed. Y'all, I don't want to be here long. Y'all are treating me good. Whenever you treat me good, I don't like to keep you long. Y'all keep responding like that. We're going to be going home in a minute. (laughs) Transformation brings about renovation. God has a way of renovating you. You do know that when something is renovated, the building on the outside still looks the same. But but the contractor, he he goes into the building and, and he takes out the bad, but he replaces it with something better. Touch your neighbor and say, baby, I need a little renovation in my life. This ain't for everybody. This is for somebody. I need a little renovation in my life. According to Psalms 51 and 10, when David was under renovation, you know, David was all right at one time, but David had to go under renovation. He said, create within me a clean heart and renew the right spirit on the inside. David said, God, 
I need some renovation. Is there somebody here? You've been saved. You've been doing what you're supposed to do. Was somewhere along the line you fell off the track and you got off the right road. God say, I'm still your contractor. Somebody shout, I need a little renovation in my life. Because see, when I've been translated, when I've been transformed, and God has renovated me, tell your neighbor, now you can be transparent. I'm going to stay alone. David, David said it like this. He says, Lord, I, I will teach transgressors your way. If, if, if you bring me out, I don't mind being transparent. I want to stop here just for a minute. If y'all would just bear with me just for a little while. Transparency is good. See, I found out we got folk giving testimonies, but just because they gave a testimony don't mean it was transparent. You ever been in an old school sanctified testimony service? When they get up and sing a song first, y'all ain't going to talk back to me in here. I just want to thank the Lord for being alive. And after being alive, I am born again. And the whole church that's going to clap and y'all ain't going to talk back to me. And they're going to testify how God done brought them out. See, sometimes I don't really need your testimony only. I need you to be real with me. I, I, I need to know you almost gave up. I, I, I need to know you had your bags packed and you was about to leave your husband. I, I need to know you was about to leave your family. I need to know you slipped and smoked a little dope. I need to, y'all ain't going to talk back to me in Y'all ain't gonna talk back to me. Y'all ain't gonna talk back to me. I just, I just need you to be transparent. I need to know that somebody's been where I am and God has given them the victory. I can't get that if you ain't transparent. Tell your neighbor you got to be transparent. But I'm transparent. You know what happened in my valley. I'll say this very briefly, y'all. Let me get out of here. I feel like preaching though. I want to make sure I, I teach it right. Now. God wants you to be transparent. But there are some things you got to know what to be transparent about. Y'all don't mind me teaching here just for a little while. Y'all don't mind me, y'all don't mind me, do y'all? Y'all mind me taking my time, right? Because, because I don't know about you, I'll talk about me. There are some things I've done, I ain't gonna tell nobody. Okay, 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 all right, all right. I ain't talking about you. See, 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 sometimes some of y'all got that X-rated version. You got that R-rated version. And, 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 and it ain't good to show that to somebody that's PG-13. Everybody can't handle what God done brought you from. Not, not the whole, not the whole story. Not the whole, not the whole, not the whole story. Not the whole story. Amen, somebody. Amen. I'm going to go on and get my big brother from the back. Sometimes my big brother, he go to telling us his war stories. Y'all have your seats here. You know, God done brought my big brother out a whole lot of stuff. And so every time we have like a holiday or something, we out there on the, on the porch, he just, now, now what's so funny is, he done told us the story so much, right? He's telling the same story, but we still listen like it's the first time. We're like, oh man, for real? Y'all running like that? Y'all was shooting like that? You know, you got the, y'all ain't gonna talk back to me, huh? And, on, and the more he talk, he get excited. Man, I'm telling you, man. I'm, he, you know, first he started out sitting down. He, man, I'm telling you, bird. Y'all know how we get, we get excited. You got the hand up. Okay, so anyway. Used to do that like that. But one thing I noticed, out of everything he tell me, he don't tell me everything. He got a stopping point. He said, no, little brother, I can't handle that. I ain't gonna tell little brother. I ain't gonna talk. So tell your neighbor, you gotta know what to do when you're being transparent. So he says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. It's amazing to me that with the translation, 
transformation, transparent. I must understand that I'm part of another kingdom. If you don't mind me helping me preach and touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to know that you're a part of another kingdom. Y'all pray for me. I feel the preach on me right here. I ain't going to hide my hand, y'all. Y'all forgive me. I used to hide my hand and try to ease into it. I ain't going to even ease into it. Say, neighbor, he going to preach for a little while. I don't know if you're going to jump on it or not. He, he's just going to go ahead on and, and preach right here. Say, neighbor, you got to know that you're a part of a different kingdom. So he tells us that God has not only saved us, he tells us that he's not only delivered us, not only has he moved us from one place to another, he said, but he's delivered us into the kingdom of his dear son. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, the most powerful thing you can know is that you're now part of a new kingdom. And with the new kingdom comes new principles. It comes a new way of thinking and a new way of doing things. May I submit to you, we got a lot of church folks still living like they're staying in the old kingdom. But may I remind you that God has moved you to a new kingdom. Because see, in this new kingdom, you ain't got to be ratchet, but you can be righteous. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, in this new kingdom, you ain't got to be a hootin', but you can be holy. In this new kingdom, you got to know how to think. You got to know how to walk. You got to know who you are. You got to know whose you are. Because I'm a part of a different kingdom. You see, when I know that I'm a part of a different kingdom, then the first thing I realize that every need shall be supplied. According to Philippians chapter 4, the apostle Paul said it like this. He said, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because now I'm a part of a better kingdom. You see, in the old kingdom, huh, you used to be the tail. Huh? In the old kingdom, huh, you used to be on the bottom. Huh? On the old kingdom, huh, you used to be the barrier. Huh? But now in this new kingdom, huh, he said you're the head and not the tail. Huh? You're the lender and not the barrier. Huh? You're from above and not from beneath. Huh? I dare you to touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, huh? you can live better now. Huh? Because you're a part of a new kingdom. Huh? You see, in this new kingdom, huh, I'm not just a survivor, huh? but I am an overcomer. You ought to touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, you've been surviving for too long. God say, now is the season that you got to realize that you are an overcomer. What are you saying, young preacher? That in this new kingdom, according to the book of Romans, it say, Nate, in all of these things, I'm not just a champion, but baby, I'm a conqueror. How far that conqueror sitting next to you and look them in their eyes and say, you might not feel like a conqueror. You might not even look like a conqueror. Huh? Your bank account don't say conqueror, huh? but God called you a conqueror huh? because I am huh, in a new kingdom huh? and I will live huh, by kingdom principles. Huh? Can I preach this thing, y'all? Huh? Just like I feel. Huh? You see, a kingdom is only as good huh, as its king. Huh? Turn to your neighbor huh, and say, neighbor, huh? we not only got a king, huh, but we got a king of kings huh? and a lord of lords. Huh? What are you saying, young Jones? Huh? That God not only put you in a new kingdom huh, but the benefits of the kingdom huh, it comes through the word huh, but the benefits of the kingdom huh, huh, you didn't get that for free huh, but somebody paid a price huh. so Paul says in verse 14 huh, it says in whom we have redemption huh, what was Paul saying huh? he said I want to let you know huh, that even though you're in a new kingdom huh, somebody had to pay for that huh. well you say well who paid for it preacher huh? his name is Jesus huh? he paid the price huh, that I can walk like a new creature. Huh? He paid the price huh? that I can be brand new. Huh? He paid the price huh? that I can be a conqueror. Huh? He paid the price huh? that
that I can be an overcomer. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, when did he pay the price? He paid the price when he hung on that cross on Calvary's hill. You know, we live in the day and time where they'll put tattoos of crosses on their body. We live in the day and time where they'll put earrings in their ear with a shiny cross on it. We live in a day and time where they'll put on a necklace with a Jesus piece. But may I remind you, the cross wasn't pretty. May I remind you, the pulse didn't sparkle. May I remind you, the cross wasn't made out of diamonds. But the cross was a rugged tree that pierced him in his back. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, he paid for when he was on the cross. Can I preach like I feel, y'all? See, it wasn't just the cross, y'all. But it was the simple fact that he spilled his blood. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm thankful for the blood. The blood that he shed on Calvary's heel. Y'all better come get me because I feel like preaching. Because there can be no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. So he shed his blood that I can be forgiven. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need a blood transfusion. That's what you need in your life. You need a blood transfusion. Can I preach like I feel, y'all? You see, sometimes there are people with medical conditions and the only thing that can save them is a blood transfusion. The doctor can't save them. The prescription can't save them. The nurse can't save them. The help can't save them. But only a blood transfusion can save their life. May I submit to you that our soul was dying, sinking deep in sin. And God said they need a blood transfusion. Can I preach like I feel, y'all? You see, with a blood transfusion, you can't have a blood transfusion unless you got a blood donor. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, your spirit may be dying, but there's a blood transfusion. And I got good news. We found a blood donor, and his name is Jesus. When he donated his blood, he didn't charge us anything, but he donated the blood that we can live. Tell your neighbor, you can live now because he spilled the blood. You can make it now because he spilled the blood. You see, every time the blood was released, it birthed something. How do you know it, preacher? Because Isaiah said it like this. He said he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of our peace, it was upon him and by his stripes. Somebody shout, I'm healed. You see, every time they whooped Jesus, they spilt some more blood. But because they spilt the blood, now I can be healed of cancer. Because they spilt the blood, now I can be healed of AIDS. Because they spilt the blood, I can be healed of sclerosis. Tell your neighbor, the blood has been spilt and victory is ours. Can I preach this thing, y'all? Just like I feel. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's still power in the blood. He died over 2,000 years ago, but there's still power, power in the blood to set you free. How do you know it, preacher? Because the songwriter said that it reaches to the highest mountain and that it flows to the lowest valley. I'm talking about the blood that gives me strength from day to day. I dare you to high five your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know it was the blood. 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 See, if you can't shout about the blood, don't you shout about the house. If you can't shout for the blood, don't you shout for the car. If you can't shout for the blood,
blood then don't shout for the healing because without the blood it ain't even possible tell your neighbor that this shout ain't for my next season this shout ain't for a new race but this shout is because he spilled his blood just for me touch your neighbor and say neighbor because he spilled his blood I got to live can I preach this thing y'all just like I feel turn to a neighbor and say neighbor because he died I can live because he died I don't have to be bound because he died I can leave the alcohol because he died I can leave the drugs because he died I can leave the perversion because he died I can leave the pornography because he died I ain't got to sleep around because he died tell your neighbor he died so I can forgive those that have crossed me because he died I ain't got to live in my past because he died I ain't got to look at my rear view I'm too busy looking forward to waste time looking backwards tell your neighbor he died so I can live I feel like preaching in here y'all better come and get me now I'm about to preach myself happy because I feel like preaching turn to your neighbor and say neighbor the best news is not that he died but the best news is that he rose high five your neighbor and shout he got up because he lived I can face tomorrow because he lived I can stand in the night because he lived the devil can't stop me because he lived I got to make it turn to your neighbor and say neighbor because he lived he gave me beauty for ashes the oil of joy from my morning the garment of praise from the spirit of heaviness because he lived no weapon formed against me it shall not prosper because he lived when the enemy comes in like a flood he'll lift up a standard because he lived the devil can't overtake me because he lived shout he lives shout he lives shout he lives shout he lives can I preach this thing just like I feel because he lived when my father and my mother when they forsake me the Lord will take me up because he lived I ain't got to worry about the hater I ain't got to worry about the liar because he lived touch your neighbor and shout he lives shout he lives shout he lives shout he lives somebody say yeah somebody say yeah somebody say yeah give him praise in this house because I feel like preaching in here can I preach this thing just like I feel now turn to your neighbor and say neighbor young Jones he got one point to make and he's going to let you go home see if you get the translation if you get the transformation if you can be transparent what I'm trying to tell you is that your blessing it is already on the way because according to Matthew 6.33 it says if I seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness then everything that I need is going to be added to me turn to your neighbor and say neighbor the only time you should look back is not to find your mistake but the only time you should look back is to see how close your blessing is because when you chase after God your blessing is chasing after you touch your neighbor and say neighbor by tomorrow this time the blessing
blessing is coming. Uh, the healing is coming. Uh, the breakthrough is coming. Uh, can I preach this thing? Uh, just like I feel. Uh, tell your neighbor. Uh, the blessing is already here. Uh, how do you know it, preacher? Uh, because I woke up uh, with breath in my body. Uh, I'm already blessed. Uh, roof over my head. Uh, I'm already blessed. Uh, shoes on my feet. Uh, I'm already blessed. Uh, food in my stomach. Uh, I'm already blessed. Uh, touch your neighbor uh, and say, neighbor, uh, if God don't do anything else, uh, he's done enough uh, for me to give him praise, uh, for me to give him glory, uh, for me to give him honor. Uh, shout Zion. 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 Uh, shout Oh, touch that neighbor, say, neighbor, he lives. I say, tell him he lives. I say, tell him he lives. And because he lives, I'm going to make it. Look that neighbor in the eyes and help me preach in here. Say, neighbor, you ain't got no other choice. You got to.